0: Today, our gospel lesson comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 21st chapter, verses 33 through 46. Again, that is Matthew chapter 21, verses 33 through 46. I invite you, if able, to stand for the reading, the gospel lesson. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to some tenants, and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves, and they beat one, and killed one, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, "They will respect my son." But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. And when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and release the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read the Scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls in this stone will be broken into pieces. It will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them, and they wanted to arrest him. But they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. The Word of God for the people of God. Amen. What gets you out of the bed in the morning? <laughs> the alarm clock. Responsibility. Okay, let me, let me put it this way. What excites you? What motivates you? What, what, I'm not just talking about getting out of bed because you have to, but what gets you going because there's something to go to? What are some of these things? And I'm not asking you for a shout out, just think about it for a second. Think about the things in your lives that you're passionate about, things that energize you, things that you get pumped up about, things that <clears throat> when you're doing them or when you're getting ready to do them or when you're even thinking about the last time you did it, you just, Feel good about it. I mean, I'm hoping we all have at least a couple things like that. If I started playing Rocky Top right now, how many of y'all would sing along? Now, I know there's a few people that go, my alma mater, it's like, I know. But, I mean, I could have gone with, uh, you know, glory, glory to old Georgia, But I figure y'all probably wouldn't be as enthusiastic. Although I think my wife would would sing with that one. And because she's so nice, y'all would just let her. With that, let me ask you another question. This one's a little leading. How do you identify? Now, these days, I know that question gets asked, and I'm not talking about the modern version of that. I'm talking about how do you as a person identify yourself? Again, are you a football fan? And if you are, of what team? Are you a musician? Are you an artist? Are you an ardent planter of flowers with a green thumb? Are you a patriot? What are the things that make up who you are? In other words, how do you identify? What are the things that you're proud of? For me, there's a few. I'm proud to let you know that I'm an Eagle Scout. Um, I'm an old Eagle Scout. I used to say I was an Eagle Scout, but then someone says, oh, you're always an Eagle Scout. I said, okay, fair enough. I can still tie most of the knots." so... I'll take that. I'm a veteran. I'm very proud of my service. Um, I'm a married man and been married to the same woman as she's tolerated me for over 30 years, so I'm pretty proud of that. I'm a father. I have a wonderful son. I'm proud of that. I was called into the ministry to serve the Lord, not because I was good enough or because I deserved it, but because that was God's will. I'm very proud of that. So these are some of the ways in which I identify myself and list some of the things that I'm accomplished in. And we all have it. And I know I said that make me, pride, make me proud. But I'm not talking about pride like beware of pride before, you know, pride cometh before the fall. I'm not talking about that kind of, I'm not talking overly proud or so proud that you think you're better than somebody else. But we all have something that we know is distinct to us, something that God has given to us some part of our character or experience in life that helps shape who we are. And we're proud of that. Amen? Okay, just make sure you're, you're on board with me because sometimes, you know, we start talking about pride. People go, oh, no, I'm not proud of anything. No, I'm not talking about the the, the, the bad pride. I'm talking about just that pride that, again, motivates you, makes you interested in things. That today is kind of what we need to look at in the Jewish community. The Jews had reason to be proud. We are Hebrews, after all, or they are. Israelites. Sons and daughters of Abraham, the one whom God called into special relationship with Him. The twelve tribes of Israel were who God was working His salvation and plan in this world, and they knew it. They were God's chosen ones. They had a right to be proud, even though most of the time they had other kings over them. But they had the glory days. We remember the story of David and Solomon, and then it kind of tapers off. But there was a time when they were a sovereign kingdom unto themselves. And so they remember that. Even to this day, as we pray for the nation of Israel, we look to them as a nation that was established by God. Now, I know there's a lot of conflict and a lot of history and stuff that goes on to that, but that is a source of their pride, and I think it's an appropriate one. Now, in today's epistle, we have Paul talking about his reason. Now, remember, Paul was a Jewish leader. Matter of fact, he even says this. He says that, I am an Israelite. Matter of fact, I am so Jewish, I was circumcised on the eighth day. In other words, he did everything according to the law. I mean, we all know that that there are certain things that we do that we go, okay, you know, I bet there were probably some families that couldn't get there. They're waiting for grandma to come in, and they might have let the bris slip to the 18th day. Because, I mean, come on, he's a little baby. You're not really going to know. But it was very important. The eighth day was the command. And so Paul says, my family has followed the commands. I have followed the commands. I am a Hebrew among Hebrews. In other words, I am chosen among those who are chosen. I am from the tribe of Benjamin. Now, anybody know why that's important? I already mentioned him. King David was from the tribe of Benjamin. To be able to tie yourself back to the greatest king that we've ever had, I am in that lineage. I'm a Pharisee. I am a leader in the church. I've studied the law. Matter of fact, I'm zealous. I'm righteous. I am blameless before the law. Paul lists all of his credentials. And it sounds kind of like he's bragging. Right? But let me ask you this. If you were going into a job interview or having a discussion or trying to prove why you belong somewhere, would it be wrong to share all that information? I mean, granted, if he walked around with us on a t-shirt every day, that probably would slip into that prideful part that's not good. But Paul was, in fact, involved in a discussion with others who really weren't sure that he should be the guy carrying the banner to the Gentiles. He really shouldn't be doing the things that he was doing because he had a checkered past. Remember, this was the same Paul. Again, Pharisee, he claims it that meant that he persecuted the church. He even mentions his persecution. You see, sometimes things in our identity can cause us confusing or or mixed results from other people. Not only that, but how many of you, when I said glory, glory to you, Georgia, you kind of went, what if I'd done this? You'd have stoned me. I, I take it back. I just play it. But you see how quickly our tribalism, our identities, get riled up? Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Sometimes when we compare ourselves and say, I am this person, what do you think the other Jews around Paul, when he says, I am from the tribe of Benjamin, they go, Reuben wasn't so bad. I mean, nobody knows much about Dan. Can we just give him a break? Our identities cause us to be in conflict. Matter of fact, last week we talked about conflict. This week our gospel is about conflict. Next week there'll be even more. You see, Jesus was in conflict with the Jews who I went over their credentials. This is why they, you know, sometimes they go, well, what's their problem? Why don't they just listen to him? Because they were the authorities. He was an outsider. In truth, they had lots of reasons not to listen to him. If somebody came here from California and told us how to run our government in Trenton, how many of you would be willing to listen to that person just based on the fact of where they're from? Now, they could be from Northern California, which actually could be a little closer to our own nature here, but still, they're from somewhere else. Well, Jesus came from this backwater area and was telling them how they should do things, which was contradicting all their traditions, all the ways that they had been carrying themselves up till now. And so there's a reason they push back, but he also used Scripture to help them understand. And so you think at some point they, someone might have gone, uh, maybe. And there was. Remember the story about Nicodemus going to him? So there were, but the other problem is sometimes you get, we, we they, humans get so caught up in our identity to a certain group that that dominates new information that prevents us from having a more open mind. And so while they were sitting there stewing, Jesus keeps putting the pressure on them. And so he tells them this parable today. Now, the interesting thing about this parable is how many of you immediately knew when we started talking about the wicked tenants exactly what we were talking about? How many of you knew that this was not really so much a story of a bunch of people that were wronged a landowner, but this was about how the Israelites had failed to recognize Jesus? Anyone knew that right away? You've never heard a sermon on this before. We're just not going to raise our hands and share. Okay, it's okay. I believe that that's pretty evident to us. Except that if you've never heard the story before, it kind of springs up on you i mentioned David several times. Just quick test on this one. Show of hands, how many think that David was a great king over Israel? You know, want to raise your hand? Keep him below the shoulder if you want. You know, those of you that are former Baptists, go ahead and sh- show up the rest. Come on, you can do it. You can even wave. You can do two of them. Oh, I wish I had a camera on this side. I love the faces. He was a great king but he also had a great flaw. Anybody remember a name Bathsheba? That's a bad day. Now, interesting part about this is there was a prophet, a guy sent by God, and Nathan came to him and said, King, mighty king, I want to tell you this horrible story about a rich man who had a servant working on his property. And this servant had one small little lamb. It was all the property this person owned. And yet someone was coming to visit this rich man. And instead of taking from his own flock and from his own stores, he went and took this poor servant's lamb and he slaughtered it in order to feed the guest. That's pretty tacky, right? And of course, David goes, he should repay this lamb fourfold, which actually was the Levitical Code and custom if you... Wrongly took somebody's livestock. Anybody know what Nathan was talking about? He was talking about Uriah and Bathsheba. And he said, this rich man is you. You see, sometimes when someone tells us a story, we should be very careful and listen to it before we start talking. Jesus was telling them this story, And I think some of them got it, but I think some of them didn't. And when he finished, just to make sure, he went back and quoted another Scripture from the Psalms. He said, remember what it says in Scripture, or do you not know what it says in the Scripture, or have you never heard? Well, let me tell you. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And it has been the Lord God who has done this, and it is marvelous. In other words, he's right out telling them, okay, you want interpretation of this? You have rejected me. You have not listened to the prophets. You have not listened to the Scriptures. You have not paid attention and discovered what you should have discovered by now. And you have rejected me and my ministry. But God has made me the cornerstone of all ministry. God has put me in the center of it. And not only that, but anyone who falls, in other words, anyone who goes against this will break into pieces. And anyone who the Lord goes against will Be killed. And they knew he was talking about them, and they got mad. As you can expect. Thank goodness we're past that these days. Amen? Yeah. You know, when I was overseas, one of the most embarrassing things I ever saw were people acting just completely foolish. And then when confronted, say, hey, I'm an American. Like that's somehow supposed to get them off the hook for being a jerk. Say, well, you're an American. You're an embarrassment to us all. Same token, I've seen people doing awful things. And when confronted, say, but I'm a Christian. That's even worse. Because you do not want that person representing you. But let's face it, each one of us has either said or done sometimes, well, I'm a good person. Has anybody ever qualified with that? Or I'm a good Christian. I'm this or I'm that. But here's the problem with making that claim. We make the profession solo Cristo, which is only Christ. In other words, as Paul says, you know what? All these things that I just told you about myself that I should be so proud of, it's all garbage. It's all useless. The only thing that matters is Jesus Christ Himself. Christ alone is righteous. And my righteousness only comes through Him. Not because I've earned it. Not because I deserve it. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm still striving. But it is for Christ alone to establish my worthiness. And so, I would warn you, as Jesus tried to warn these leaders. If you think just being a good person is good enough, if you think just because you're in church today and you know the hymns, if you think just because you've said the right words and you're usually a decent individual, that that is enough, that somehow you are now deserving of the title of Christ follower or Christian? Be wary. It's so easy to become one of those wicked tenants thinking you are entitled and deserving. The simple truth is we're not. The even better truth is that in spite of that fact, while we were yet sinners, Christ still died for us. The great fact is, that regardless of the fact that we ourselves could not earn our way back in or reconnect with God, that God never lost that connection. Even though we fail to keep his covenants and decree, God never fails to keep his promises. And so the good news through Jesus Christ, even though none of us is righteous, we are made righteous for his name's sake. Amen. Praise God. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Let us pray. Father God, help us to continue to be humble before you. Yes, Lord, we can take solace in the fact that you've called us to be your people. We can be glad and even proud of the fact that you love us, but never let us have that pride go to our head thinking that we somehow deserve it or better, but simply let us be grateful and humble and worship you in the things that we say and especially in the things that we do. We pray this in all things in Christ's holy name. Amen.